Hallelujah. Let us pray. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Say, Father, teach me your word that I may understand. Begin to talk to God. Say, Father, open the eyes of my understanding that I may understand the scriptures tonight. Say, Lord, illuminate my heart with the glorious gospel of Christ. Let there be illumination in my spirit tonight. Talk to God. Say, Father, take away every spiritual blindness from my spirit and open the eyes of my heart that I may see and know you. That I may understand your person and your operational assistance. Father, give your word in my spirit. Talk to God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And so, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for another time in your presence. We give you all glory, honor, praise, and adoration in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we study your word, illuminate our hearts with the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. In the name of Jesus. Father, teach us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of the service, no man lives here the same. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And I decree to somebody's life as you pay attention to God's word, by the time you are living here this evening, you will be going home with a tangible transformation in the name of Jesus. Amen. There will be a shift spiritually in your status in the name of Jesus. Amen. You will not sit down here today for nothing. At the end of this session, you will be going home super blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now put your hand on your chest and say, I believe the word of God. It is the final authority in my life. I believe whatsoever the word says because I am a product of the word. Without the word of God, there is no me. So I have no business not believing the word. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. We have no business not believing the word of God. It is the word of God that formed us. Am I correct? Bible says, of his own will, he got he us by the word of truth. Hello? Hi. See, of his own will, he got he us by the word of truth. 
Uh, first of all, I want to say a big thing. I want you to join me as I send the prayers. Lord, have mercy for my father and the Lord, Pastor Donald Usoro. Put your hands together. Praise God. Uh, I don't like that one. If you want to do this one, the one I want to do now, if you want to do it, you will stand up and do it properly. I'm celebrating my father, you're also celebrating your father. Join me as I celebrate no other person but my father in the Lord. Pastor, brother,
be careful though. This Brajonathan stations. Say be careful of them. Say this kind of stations can lead you to hell. I saw it. It was quick. And I was like, Lord, what is this? <laughs> this gospel can lead you to hell. <laughs> and then I just uh, I felt broken because it, it shows the, the degree to which people have not come to understand the person of Christ. Did you understand? It shows the degree to which we have not come to understand the person of Christ. It shows the degree to which we have not come to understand the sacrifices that was made for us right here on that cross of Calvary. Praise God. But it's no big deal. If you think the stations of Rajonathan can lead you to hell, well, stay there with religion. We are not operating in religion. The Bible says, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. So we enjoy our salvation. Praise the living Jesus. We enjoy our salvation. We are not going to let anybody intimidate or talk us down on what the Bible says. Praise God. Praise God. So tonight we are going to be shifting a little bit. For I am going to just shift a little bit and then we will come back with fire at all cylinders. God gives, man receives the connecting factor. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, the Bible says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So there is a guarantee to, there is a guarantee to us receiving each time we ask. Praise the Lord. There is a guarantee. That we will receive each time we ask. Am I correct? Is the, is the scripture on the screen? Yes. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. The next verse, sir. Verse 8. Say to every man, put in media. Verse 8. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him, that knock it, it shall be opened. That's a guarantee. Is a seal on it. That when you ask God for something, God will give it to you. Praise the Lord. Is there anyone in the house who has ever asked God for a thing and God gave it to him for? If you are in this house, you have ever asked God for something and God gave it to you. To you. Let me see your hand up. Good. So virtually each and every one of us have had a result or a measure of result as at at one point or the other. Praise the living Jesus. Hallelujah. So, when we ask, God gives. It is God's responsibility to give. God is a good gift giver. As a matter of fact, in the nature of God, is a giver. That's why in John chapter 3, verse 16, says, For God so loved the world. He did what? He did what? He, he did what? He gave. he gave. But again, you understand that it is one thing to give and it is another thing to receive. Am I correct? Yes. It is one thing to give and it is another thing to receive. Someone gave us a fruit we said they are home. She did brought the fruit and dropped the fruit. But when I came, I refuse to receive the fruit. 
Praise God. When I came back, and, I, and then he told me, so and so person brought this for you. I refused to receive it. Praise God. So the person gave the gift quite all right. Right? But it is me that did not receive it. So that a man gives the gift does not mean the recipient automatically receives it. Praise God. And don't you think that is also applicable in the spiritual? That sometimes God gives gifts and we men don't receive them. Don't you think that's also possible? Yeah, very super possible. God gives gifts. It is his nature to give. It is our responsibility to receive. He gives, we receive. But we reserve the right to receive or reject the gift that God has given us. Praise God. Hallelujah. A very practical example. God told up the one who gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believe, that's receiving him. Now, if you receive him, you have eternal life. But a lot of people have bluntly refused the gift of eternal life. And they will pass on from this place of the earth and then they will end up rotting in hell. Some of them knows the implications of not affiliating with the Son of God. But yet they refuse. Some of them because of ego, some of them for whatsoever reason, but God gives the gift. But they refuse to receive it. I told us a story of a man some time ago I met somewhere and then we were talking. I told him about Christ, receiving Christ and all that. He asked me, say, does it mean if I, if I don't receive, if I don't confess Christ as my God, I said, I will not make heaven. I said, yes. He said, well, I can't do that. I said, I said why? He said, I like, it's not that I don't like this Jesus. I like Jesus. As a matter of fact, I love him. Say his teachings are the most powerful teachings in the world. Say every if every person in the world who practices his teachings, then the world would have been a better place. Say, but I am a con on the opposite tradition. Say I can't accept, I can't confess him as my Lord. I say, I say, there you go. You see that the gift is available, right? Yes. But it is us humans that refuse to receive the gift. Now let's look at what connects us with the rest with the receiving of the gift of God for our life. Turn your Bible to the Bible book of James, chapter 5, verse number, chapter 1, verse number 5 to verse number 8. Let me just put you up on the screen. James, chapter 1, verse 5. Please, I'll read from here. Thank you. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraided not, and it shall be given him. Now, if anybody lack wisdom, now, with what we're studying, we're not going to restrict this to wisdom, right? Anything, if you ask anything, because Matthew 7, 7 already made it clear, if you ask, he gives you. Am I correct? Now, Say, if any of you lack, let's, let's leave it out there, let's ignore the wisdom. Okay? If any of you lack, let him ask, let him add the wisdom before we interpret it. Say, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and operated not, and it shall be given him. Look at what it says. It says, 
if you use another translation, say like the Amplified translation, it says, um, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. You see that? If any of you, please help it. Yeah, God bless you, sir. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. That describes God. He is a giving God. John 316 already made that clear to us. He loved, he gave, right? Now, say, let him ask of the giving God. That's the qualification of God. The giving God. And he does not just give anything, he gives good gifts. Only good gifts. Say, let him ask of the giving God. Who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him. The nature of God is to give. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of. Is that? Okay. Let him ask of the giving God who gives to every man liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him. So when you ask God, the nature of God is already given. So it is, it is guaranteed that when you ask, he gives you. Praise the Lord. Are we following? That should make someone excited. That whatsoever it is you are asking God, even right now, and I prophesy that before you leave this auditorium tonight, they are all delivered into your hands. In the name of Jesus. He is the giving God. That's his nature. The giving God. That's his qualification. Giving is the nature and the pattern, the system, his genealogy, his, his genotype, his giving. So when you're asking God, don't ask with such mindset. Of course, that's what we're going to connect now. Don't ask with such mindset that God, such mindset that God may not answer you or God may not give you. Just ask. I, I, I. This afternoon, I was privileged to because for some time, sometimes I definitely stay away from the interview. Now this afternoon, I, I, I was privileged to to come across one of the teachings of our daddy, Pastor Donald. Uh, what was that title? He said, "Effective Prayers." And then he said, there was something he said that blew me off balance. He said, the reason, he says not the, the function of the volume of the prayer. He said, the reason why we ask and we don't receive is because we have refused to see God, first of all, as our Father. Praise God. Amen. And that got to me seriously. Because we have refused, who, who saw that, that, uh, that video? Anybody here saw that video? Ooh. He said, because we have refused to see God as our Father, first of all. Ha! That will cost to me seriously. So when you see God as your Father, one, I'm borrowing from that now. You see God, first of all, as your Father. And then you now see Him as His nation is the giving God. Trust me. Whatsoever you ask will be given you. Praise God. Hallelujah. That is a prophecy. You shall receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good. Let's read on. Next verse, verse 6. Remember the topic 
God gives my receipt the connecting link. Now let's get let's take a look at the connecting link. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavered is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So you see, the instruments to receiving the gifts that God gives is to ask in faith without wavering. So when you're asking God and you're wavering in your mind, you are not sure whether or not God will give it to you. What's the implication? He said you are like, say you are like the wave of the sea. You know, for those of us who are, of course, we all, we all have seen the sea before. At least even if you have not seen it physically, you've not been to the beach, you've seen it on TV. <laughs> I saw what was happening in uh, some of our states. You said anywhere, what have not the whole place. Now, if if you are by the seaside and the wind comes, it waves the water and pulls it. Bush. Bush. Praise God. Say he that's asking, who is this? Who he that is not asking in faith? Say that's how it is. It's like the wind of. See, it's like the wind is blowing about. Now, what is the implication of that? Yes, Vasa. Yes, sir. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Praise God. So if you're asking and you're not asking in faith, trust me, I'm telling you, that may just be the reason you have not received the answers to some of the prayers you have been praying. Because there's an element of doubt somewhere within you. Somehow within you, you are not sure if this thing you're asking, you will receive. I'm trying to recollect a, a quote Pastor gave some time ago. He said, God told him. He said, God told him that um, that you cannot, I just want to paraphrase, I, am not, I don't have it. He said, you cannot, he said, you cannot receive beyond what you believe to be possible. There was a post pastor gave like that. Anybody remember? Can anybody give it to me accurately? Yes, that's it. You're paraphrasing it as well. There's a way Pastor puts it. Say, say you can't receive beyond what you believe, what you believe it to be possible. Something like that. Praise God. Media, please search out that quote for us. We need it tonight. Search it out for us. Anybody who has to search it out for us, we need that quote tonight. So, praise God. So, say, for let not that one think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. If you are asking and you are not certain with what you are asking about, say, don't think you will receive anything of the Lord. So one thing, listen, please pay attention. That's the people we've seen her before. Pay attention, come back to <laughs> Praise God. Bring <laughs> 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 attention here, please. Praise God. So. I told you, I said, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. I told us that it is one thing to give, and it's another thing to receive. He already told us he's a giving God. 
Now he said, let not that man think he shall receive. He didn't say, let not that man think that God will give him. Is that what is written there? He said, let not that man think he shall receive. What man is that? The man that is wavering in his prayer. The man that is asking and is wavering in his demand. The man that is asking faithlessly. You will not receive anything from God. It's a giving. God has given everything. Now, let me prove to you. In Ephesians chapter 1, beginning from verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. So you see, God had already blessed us. He has performed his part. In Genesis, God created man and God blessed them. Now, God blessed the land for them. All the resources that man ever needs is already given in the earth. It is your responsibility as a kingdom child to receive that which God has given. So the problem is not God's problem for not giving. It is your problem for not receiving. So if for at any point in the race of life and destiny, you have thoughts that God is being partial or whatsoever, that is why you are not receiving the things you have wanted, or that is why you are where you are and you are comparing yourself with anybody from the opposite world or the opposite kingdom. I I urge you to repent now because it is not God's responsibility anymore. It is your responsibility to receive. God has given. Now you receive. How do you receive? In faith. You place your demand and don't waver about it. You know, there has been teachings that has gone in times past that has actually planted this thing in us that make us waver when we pray. As time progresses, we are going to deal with that. Praise God. We are going to deal with that. We are going to touch that a little bit. And then each, at the end of the day, we will go home knowing fully well that when we ask, is a guarantee we will receive. Praise the living Jesus. Are we following? Good. Verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Go to verse 16. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. In verse 17, we're still going to read it. That began to tell us that God is not unstable. You understand? Brother James, James, when he was back, he didn't actually pull it out. But when you read, when you study it carefully, you will see it. God is not unstable. And you now, if you are unstable, how can you how can an unstable person receive from a, from a very stable God? Praise God. Now, verse 16. Verse 16, sir. Do not err, my beloved brethren. This do not err. If, you, if I want to ask us now to interpret it, a lot of us will say, do not commit sin. Am I correct? Am I correct, Stangela? Yes. We will interpret it as, don't commit sin. But if you check it, look, if you check what Brother James has been writing from verse 1 of chapter 1, you would see that there is nothing that connects sin here. So when he said, do not err, he does not mean do not commit sin. What? 
it means is do not be led astray. Give me in in the amplified. Okay, energy. So don't be okay. That's it. So so don't be misled. That's the original. Don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't be misled about what? He already told us about asking if it. Don't be misled to think that you can just ask without asking if it and you still receive. Don't be misled to think. Next verse. 17. Don't be misled to think that every good gift and every perfect gift is not from above. Now listen to it. <laughs> you are not, not blessing my, you're falling, you're falling, you're falling. Jam your hands together for her. She got it quite right. <laughs> Praise God. Now you will all understand. Let's go. I'll take it from where how the way it is now. You see, every good gift, just wait to see now. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now, the previous verse said, Don't be misled. Don't be misled to think that every good gift and every perfect gift does not come from above. Don't be misled to think that there's another approach to this thing. What approach there is, verse 6, say let that man ask in faith. That's the approach. So don't be misled to think that you can ask out of faith and then you will receive. And don't be misled to think that there is a shadow of turning and variableness with God. Don't be misled. In other words, get this clearly. There is no shadow of turning with God, and there is no variableness in Him. Now, let's, if I want, let's take a look at. Okay, now let's take the game. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Now, if you do a deeper study, you understand this that every good gift. And every perfect gift, and only every good gift, and every perfect gift, and only is from above. In other words, negative gift does not come from above. So when they say God, God does, God sometimes does good, and God does sometimes does evil. I refuse to agree with that because God does not do evil. Somebody now said, somebody now said, but God said, I kill it and I make it alive. And then I asked the question. He killed it, he make it alive. He was not saying actually, who wrote that? That was Samuel, right? Who was Samuel? Samuel was the prophet. Samuel. Samuel. Samuel wrote that. See, he killed it and he made it alive. What was the responsibility? Who was Samuel? Samuel was the prophet. And what was the responsibility of prophets? To prophesy of the death. We talked about that last week. At the last time out. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. That's the work of the prophet. And he was saying, I kill it and I make it alive. It doesn't mean God will kill you if you do something wrong. No. 
What the point is that God killed his son. The book of Hebrews expressed that better. And then reset him up from the dead. He brought one to the grave and reset up one. Reset up again. That is Christ, the prophecy of the Christ. So here he's telling us that only good and perfect gift comes from God. God does not do evil. And don't be misled to think that God does evil or give negative gifts. Praise God. Hallelujah. And also don't be misled to think that um, you can receive without asking in faith. Praise God. I was understanding it. Yes, sir. Just like we're going to do justice to the book of James chapter 1 verse 1 today. Praise God. Hallelujah. With whom there is no variableness or neither shadow of turning. The word variableness is is brought up. Okay, the, um, it, it has it's synonymous with the word variation. For something to vary, did you understand? Something that varies. Okay. Uh, actually, difference no. Something that varies. All right. So in whom there is no variableness. Not that way. There is no variableness with God. God is constant in His operations. God is steady. God is defined. You know, someone said, say this God, you can't understand this God. And I said, if you can't understand God, why did he give us a volume of 66 books revealing himself? If we read the volume of 66 books and we read it thoroughly, we'll understand who God is. Praise God. So God is steady. God is, you know, sir, God is steadfast. There is no variableness or shadow of turning. Let me explain what it means by shadow of turning. If there's a light, remember, in course of the verse, it says, the gift, it says, the gift, give it, give it to me in King James. Verse 17, James chapter 1, verse 17, KJV. Say, and coming down from the father of lights. Father of what? Lights. And now he now went on to say, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He's telling you that the, the nature of God's light has no shadow. It's a big, those two put together, variableness and shadow of turning is a figure of speech. See? This, if you're, if you're close by, you can see my shadow, right? Can you see my shadow? Good. God does not operate with shadow. His light does not bless you, sir. His light does not produce shadow. If you turn to this other side of the light, it's totally illuminating. If you turn to the other side of it, it's totally illuminating. Its light does not produce shadow. Take a look at it again. Neither shadow of turning. Any side you turn to, it does not produce shadow. In other ways, God is, with God, everything is a given. God is not unstable in his operation. I told you that it's not like a figure of speech, those who are in those situations. It's not like a figure of speech. God gives it and that's the way it is. There's no certainty with God. Are we understanding it? Yes, Praise God. Next verse, sir. Go to verse 22. Doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Be ye hearers, be ye doers rather, 
of the world, and not hearers only, deceiving or not. Please wait, that's the one behind me. Be, be hearers of the world, be a doers of the world, rather, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Doers of what? Now, question. What has he been talking about? Faith. Am I correct? Are we following? Yes. What has Brother James been talking about from, from verse 1 of chapter 1? Faith. He's been trying to tell us how to ask in faith. Now, in verse 17, verse, 18, verse 17, he, talk, he told us all that he told us right there that there's no variableness with God, God is never not. He's led concerning the character of God. And now he's saying, but be a doers of the world. What do you do now? You do the faith he has already told you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to understand it. Yes, sir, sir. But be a doers of the world and not fearers only. If you read the other translation, I will tell you, say this is a message not just for hearing, but doing. Praise God. Don't just hear this faith thing we're talking about. That's the instrument to connect from God. But do it actually puts the faith to practice. And that's when you see the results. Hallelujah. Amen. Go back to Kijim, sir. But be here to us of the world and not hear us only deceiving your own world. I think I explained that some time ago. The, the term or the phrase deceiving your own selves in, the, in Greek is called is, 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 is rendered parallelism. It means to be mentally unstable, to be mentally agitated. It's the same thing this guy is just writing about. Praise God. Hallelujah. But if you're not following carefully, you think he's talking about several things at the same time. No, it's the same thing he's talking about. So, to be mentally unstable, to be mentally agitated. Now, next verse. Deceiving your own selves. Okay, next verse. For if any, any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Are we following? Now, let's, let's everybody, let us all read this verse 23 together as a mass choir. One to go. So if you hear it and you don't put it to work, you don't put this face, which is the connecting father, connecting um, connecting link between God's gifts and you receiving, say you are like a man, you behold your natural face in a glass. <laughs> Next verse. For he beholded himself and goeth his way, and straightway, not the straight will, and straight. And straightway forget that what manner of man he was. Just like Brad Jonathan is preaching it now. Faith is the connecting factor to receiving from God. You're beholding your natural faces in the middle right now. As a matter of fact, what I'm showing is, is you, I'm showing you how you can connect the things that God has given to you. As you're beholding it, as you're beholding it, if you don't stay on it deliberately on your, by yourself at home, the moment you leave, you forget the identity that was given to you from the altar by Jonathan. 
Did you understand that? Did you understand it? It's, it's the same thing when you study your Bible. If you are a once a week studier of the Bible, of course, that's why a lot of the things we teach, that's why some of us don't understand them. Because you don't go home to study by yourself. I'm not a very critical person, but when scriptures are given to me from church, you know what I do? I go home. You gave me chapter 1, verse 5. Trust me. I will go home and read chapter 1, verse 1, down to 5. I will blow beyond 5. I go to the end. So that I will understand the concepts, the context. I will understand the pretext and the protest of what that scripture says. Not just one scripture. You understand? No scripture stands alone. See, see, scripture says, Paul was writing to Timothy and said, See, no scripture of the prophets is of any private interpretation. You know what that means? See, no one stands alone. They are all from the same source, all connected. Jesus told to them, He said, You search the scripture because you think in them you have eternal life. But they are they that testify of me. They are they that testify of me. You know what it means? They individually are they connect collectively testify of me. So they don't stand alone. So if you're the type that just speaks only the scripture that was not quoted now and just take only that and just read it, some of us said we don't even go home to review it. Praise God. But when you go home to review that, you're able to read the pretext and the posters of every scripture given to you. Believe me, you will not be lost any day. You can't be lost. Praise God. Praise God. I will learn anything. Yes, sir. Faith is the connecting link to receiving all that God has given. God has blessed us with everything there is in the world. You just need faith. Even salvation. What is the key to receiving salvation? What did you say? Faith is the key to receiving salvation. Until you come to the place of belief, you are not saved. So every gift there is that God has given and God has given, only one instrument needed by you to collect it, and that is faith. That is all that is required. Praise God. There's only one instrument required of you to receive the gift that God has given. And that is faith. Now let's move on to the next verse for we run it on. Give me 24 again, sir. There's 24. For he beholded himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetted what manner of man he was. Verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, yes. you see that? Continueth therein. He being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the world, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Does that one need explanation? No, it doesn't need explanation. You, the perfect law of liberty is the scripture. You take a look at it and you study it, you sit with it. As you keep sitting with it, 
That's what I'm putting on seats with the world. As you keep sitting with it, you are invariably it's, it's, there's no there's no two ways about it. You are blessed in your deeds. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a teaching tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Is anybody understanding? Are you understanding what we're talking about? Faith. Now, in verse 22 it says, in verse 22 it says, put give me verse 22 again, sir. Say, for being a doers and not hear us only deceiving your own self. Look at how to deceive yourself means. Today. You say, and the next verse now said, you say, the next verse, 23. For if anyone be here and not the doer of himself, it's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. You are in a church. As the pastor preached, or the teacher teaches, you are beholding yourself in a glass, and you are brought face to face with your, with your reality in Christ. You are happy. But if you don't continue in it, when you step out of church and you go home, circumstances of life comes to beat on you. If you have not sat, which is the next verse, verse 25, if you have not sat with the perfect law of liberty long enough and continue in it long enough, you will not come to the place where you mistake the circumstances of life beating at you for your realities. Meanwhile, those things beating at you are just circumstances. Your reality is who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. We have many blessings in Christ. That's your reality. You are the blessed of Jesus Christ. To deceive yourself, it means today you are mentally agitated. To be mentally agitated means today who has delivered us from the powers of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son. Tomorrow, you are confessing, I don't know if it's generational cause that's following me. Tomorrow, today I am blessed to be a blessing. Tomorrow, ah, this Buhari regime, I die. I wanna be. Today, I am accepted in the beloved. Tomorrow, uh, that family where I come from, I know there was, always, there was always the problem. You are brought face to face with your realities in Christ. You see them. Today, you come, you come to church and then you are taught and ye are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Woo! Nothing can happen to me. I have divine heads. I am a member of the body of Christ. I am a member of Christ. When you go home and a little breeze of headache blows, this my head Brother James said, Let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. Your confession matters a lot. You've got to come to the place where your confession does not waver any longer. Where you believe the word of God absolutely and totally. And that was the confession we made before the message started. I believe the word of God. The word of God is, is our nation. And if you read verse 18 of this scripture, it says, put verse 18 up, say, of his own will, begotten us by the word of truth. Is that what is there? Of his own will, he gave birth to us by the word of his truth. Praise God. 
decide within yourself to believe everything that the word of God says. So please give me five minutes. Decide within yourself to believe everything that the word of God says. Now, if it is, is this easy, a lot of people will say, but I believe that, Abi, Mr. President, but I believe that, what are not the receive? Has that happened to anybody here? Has that happened to us? Has that happened to us? People ask that, has that happened to you? That you believe, and then somehow you ask that the thing is not, you're not receiving it. Has that happened to anybody here? Yes. And so let's get very practical now. In the next five minutes, it is not because you, you actually think you believe, but there's something that's somewhere that's making the thing shaky. Praise God. Now let's let let's let's give this as a question. What did you think is that thing that still makes your belief a bit shaky? I need answers. One, two, three answers, and then we move on. Please, we have five minutes to wrap up. What is that thing that you think that still makes you a bit shaky in your belief, or maybe still makes it a little bit impossible, still makes it difficult for you to receive some of the things you have prayed for? I need answers. Okay, sir. I think that. Doubt. Let's give him a round of applause. Doubt. Another person, quickly, 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 quickly. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Fear. Give her a round of applause. Quickly, I need another answer. Yes, sir. We don't trust God fully. We don't trust God fully. Give him a round of applause. Yes, I need another one. Answer to find questions from outside. Answer from outside. Why do you think some of the things we ask we don't receive? No faith, same as doubt. Absence of faith is the presence of doubt. Okay. Ignorance. Not standing on assurance. Not standing on an assured word. Yes, sir. You're not sure of what you believe. Praise God. Praise God. Now let's consider this. How about sin? Hello? How about sin? Sin. I get answers. Don't you think sin is one of the reasons why we don't receive the things we, we ought to receive from God? No. Pastor, uh, the last one said, no, that sin is not a factor. Okay. Any other person? Do you think sin is a factor to why we don't receive some of the things we need to receive from God? It's a big one. I think sin, the word sin is just covering, it's just containing the whole thing. Because when you read the Hebrews 11 verses 6, it says without faith, it's impossible to so automatically without faith you are in sin. <laughs> praise God. My said it is seriously it is a, a factor. Okay, praise God. Now let's take a look at this from this way. Yes. Sin is a major factor. Yeah. But technically, sin is not a factor. Now, it is this consciousness of sin 
that has made us wavery in our confessions. When I started, I said, Papa talked about we not having seen God as our Father. One of the reasons why we're going to see effective, our prayers are not effective. The consciousness of sin is a major factor in not receiving. The Bible already declared, sin shall not have dominion over you. Praise God. Sin has no longer dominion over you. Okay, because time is not our friend. Let's do this. At the baptism of Jesus, what was, what was the voice? The voice came down from heaven, right? Yes. What did the voice say? This is my beloved son in the womb and well. As at that point, what has Jesus done? What has Jesus done? In ministry, what has he done? God bless you, sir. He had not started. Jesus had not done anything whatsoever. And God declared, just because you are Jesus, he is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, Jesus is the pleasure of God. Am I correct? According to that scripture, Jesus is the pleasure of God. And now, the pleasure of God is right on the inside of you. When God sees you now, he does not see the name, sir. Mr. Victor, Brother Victor, he sees Jesus seated, tabernacle. So automatically, you become the beloved of the Father. In you, God is well pleased. When we come to this place where we believe that I am God's pleasure by the reason of the fact that I accepted Christ, God is just pleased with me. Then check it. Your belief will not be, your belief will not be glorified anymore. We have heard testimonies of that a man of God wanted to pray for somebody and then the demon of the person rose up and challenged him, you, that you are a sinner. And then the, 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 the pastor, the preacher, was there, but now had to run away. Yeah. Run away? The pastor had to run away. The preacher, the evangelist, like Brother Jonathan, I want to pray for us for again. In the name of Jesus, get us. Ah, if you do. If you do. And Brother Jonathan, we will not remember a single word. I don't want to be disgraced and then I will not run away. That is sin consciousness. It's a consciousness of sin. The sin had no authority over you. Let me share a testimony with you before I run off. There was a time I came, when I, this is the thing I'm talking about, that sin consciousness, when God wanted to break it for me, he brought me face to face with a demon. And then the demon spoke to me and said, you, the blood in Abi, we are just waiting for you. We are setting charge for you. And you will fall into them. The moment you fall into them, you will have on you. Then I smile. And then I, I smile and turn. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God breathed on me and I turned back. He said, hey, 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 you come here. I was talking to the demon. He said, hey, hey, you come here. See, don't you know that even my sins are no longer counted against me? 
The guy did not wait for me to finish that statement. I didn't call Jesus. I, the guy ran away. Now listen to this. The day Satan discovered that sin consciousness is no longer in you, everything Satan is in you disappears. He loses his grips on you. Because Jesus has dealt with you. What was the mission statement of Jesus? And she, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, and she shall bring forth a son, and he shall do, and his name shall be called Jesus. For he shall do what? Save his people from their sins. Did your Bible say he shall, he shall manage the sins of his people? Did your Bible say he shall, he shall pamper the sins of his people? Did your Bible say he shall, he shall caress the sins of his people? What shall he do? He shall save his, his, his people from their sins. He practically saved us from our sins. Get rid of sin consciousness. I know I'm not, I'm not afraid to teach this thing now. Because the day you come to understand this gospel, from that day, the restraining power of the Holy Ghost gets activated on the inside of you. Now you get, at that point, you know that there are certain things you can do and you can get away with, but you cannot just do them. Because your neighbor said, No, you know that whomsoever you get your neighbors will be his, his servant, they are to whom you obey. That instant, the, the restraining power of the Holy Ghost brings some possible on the inside of you. That's why Peter was, was it Peter or Paul was writing. He said, oh, What's that scripture again? Say, For it is, it is God that works both in you to win and to do of his good pleasure. Did you understand? Get rid of sin consciousness. Now let me give you another scripture. Romans chapter, Romans chapter 8. Verse 2. Put it up on the screen. Let's find out. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The next verse, verse 1. The previous verse, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. You are not following. Which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Somebody will say, hey, hey, say, yeah. He said, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Give me verse 9. I am on a mission to push doctrinal ignorance. Praise God. Say, but ye are not in the flesh. Who is he talking to? <laughs> you are not. Say, who walk not after the flesh? But I say, you are not in the flesh. By the reason of the acceptance of Christ, you are no longer in the flesh. Get this consciousness. I am accepted in the beloved. I have been made partaker of the divine nature. The moment you come to this stance, sir. The moment you come to this consciousness. That sin has no longer dominion over you. You break the wounds of the devil. Now, during the camp meeting, Madam Lisa, during the camp meeting, something happened on the last day of the camp on the on that Friday night. Something happened, and then a lot of people um, have all heard that testimony before. How one of the young men used your daughter to strike. Okay, that's past. Before that day, eh? Before that day, let me tell you what happened in the shop. The week for the week of the camp. Let me tell you what happened in the shop. I'm very practical. I am not a pastor, so you don't have a business to tell me that. Ah, right now, as I say, in life, so I'm not going to come to church. You don't have that business. You think you can say, you cannot come and buy pound in that shop. <laughs> <laughs> you don't come and buy pound in that shop. 
Let me tell you, I'm not encouraging you to, to lie, but let me tell you, this is the reality of it. I was in the shop. Someone gave me a job to do. The guy called me. Ross, how far? I don't finish my job. I said, yes, yes, yes. I don't. He said, Ross, how far my job? I said, I don't finish her. I don't collect her. I've not even done the job. I've not started the job as at that time. But I said, Ross, I don't finish your job. Are you following me? I don't finish your job. Don't collect her. Because I know where he's coming for his far. He cannot come that evening that he called me. Wasn't that a lie? Wasn't that a lie? In the evening of that day, sir, in the evening of that day, I'm telling you the dangers of sin consciousness. In the evening of that day, one of my apprentices who also came to this last camp, his name is Stephen. His father traveled the day before, his father and mother traveled the day before that day that this thing was happening. The guy just sat in the shop on the other side of the shop and then just fainted. And then my boy said, ran to come and tell me. See how that, we don't know, like I said, still I was discussing with my wife in the shop. She was there with me. I told them, okay, get out. That's what I did. Get out. She wants to do that, okay. See how that, okay, okay. I didn't say anything. Yeah, my wife stood up. I heard her up. Don't sit down. I discussed what I do. She looked at me. You know, there's a there's kind of food that your wife would do to you. She said, keep quiet. <laughs> she looked at me. So I left her and she went. When she went and got to where this boy is, she ran back to come and look. See how daddy? This is a serious matter. When I got there, sir, this boy was gone. This boy was gone. Now, if sin consciousness was at work in me, that would have been the end of that one. Because I just lied not long before that thing was happening. Did you understand? But I am conscious of the fact that I have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The righteousness of the Lord is fulfilled in me. I don't fulfill it. Your righteousness is like a feeding rat before God. Stop working. It is not by performance. It is what was done for you. Concentrate on it and focus on it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Another scripture says, All we with open faces beholding as in a glass the glory of God are changed into the same image. If you focus on Him, you are transfused. His nature is transfused into you. You become, you become the exact working of His person. But if you are trying to do it by strength, try to act it, you keep struggling. I just lie. And I went there. I look at the word. I just screamed. I am the resurrection and the life. But when you just say lie, you should. I am the resurrection and the life. Take that. In the name of Jesus. I repeated it one, two, three times. Like that lifted him, he said, oh, I spoke into his ear on the both side. Spoke the word of God to his ear on the both side. I lifted him up. I held him stand to myself. And then we began to pray in tongues. Myself, my wife, two of us were praying in tongues. The other person was just here because they are not Christians. We were just praying. After about 10 minutes, the guy gained strength and stood. 
If sin consciousness was at work in me, I am not, I'm not celebrating anything. I'm not telling you, Jesus Christ said, don't celebrate that demons obey you. No, I'm not celebrating anything. I'm just telling you the reality of what is at work in you. It is the consciousness of the negative. Listen, you were created a Gentile. Abi? The apostle of the Gentiles gave you this message that was sent to you and you are rejecting it. That's why we are wavering in our confession. We are not sure of our stand with God. Please get to the place where you know where you, where you know that your stand with God is settled. When I started pushing the gospel, I called my wife. I said, "Okay, share this gospel with the people here." I said, "Yes." I said, "Share, you know, because of this one, teach me. I don't do things for bad." She said, "No." See, as a matter of fact, I have never trusted you like this since I got married to you. Did you understand? There's something about it. You just understand it. Don't fight it. That is the gospel that was preached to us. That is the gospel that brought us. When God gave me the gospel, he said, this gospel, if you stand with the gospel. So it means a lot of people are going to kick against me, a lot of people are going to say, all manners against me. But it's the gospel that he has given to me to share with the church. Praise God. Get rid of sin consciousness. See yourself as the beloved of the Father. Put your hands together for Jesus. Praise the Lord. You are blessed to be here.